Welcome to Achieve More, the High Performance Transformation Podcast, where I help people and teams overcome challenges and achieve peak potential using neuroscience and high-performance skills, tools, and approaches. My name is Michael Shield, and I'm a high-performance coach and transformation consultant. I have over 22 years of experience in coaching and consulting people, teams, and organizations to improve and achieve more with what they have. Today, I want to talk about stress and how we can use it to our advantage. More specifically, I'm going to be looking at short-term stress. Now here's why. Most people think of stress as something that's negative with negative health consequences. We think of it as as man-made, that you create stress in the way that you react to things. It's something that you can get rid of by using positive thoughts, mindfulness, and other techniques, and it's something generally that you want to avoid. Now while there's an aspect of truth to all of that, it's really missing a whole lot of the story, and that there's actually just a whole truckload of benefits that you can get from short-term stress. And so today I'm going, to, I'm going to dive into that. I'm going to talk about what stress is. I'm going to talk about the physiological reactions in your brain and body when you are stressed. I'm going to talk about how to turn on and off your short-term stress to use it to your advantage. And along the way, I want to dispel some myths. Now, the reason I'm going, to, I'm going to go into a little bit of the science ahead of time is because once you understand a little bit about what is actually happening in your body, you will much better understand why I suggest a couple of tips and tricks at the very end and how you can use this to your advantage. I want you to walk away from this podcast understanding stress, what happens when you're stressed, and how you can use it to actually combat viruses, lift heavy objects like never before, and to be more productive. Okay, what is stress? What we call stress is actually the psychological, emotional, and physiological response to stressors. So there's two aspects to it. There's the stressor and the stress response. It's your body's response to a challenge or demand. There's really three kinds of stress, if you think about it from a timeline perspective. There's short-term stress, which is acute and immediate. There's medium-term, maybe that's a couple of weeks to a couple of months. And there's longer-term. Scientists argue back and forth as to what the, what the delineation is from a timeline perspective. But really, for our purposes today, we're going we're gonna to focus on the short-term stress. First, let me talk about stressors. Stressors are, are those things that cause the stress to happen. Uh, they can be psychological. They can be physical. They can be internal, you, recreate, you create them in your mind. They can be external. They can be absolute, that anyone feels them, or they can be relative, that only some exposed to them would interpret them as being stressful. And, you know, the pandemic is a great example. It's something that was external, but we had a lot of uh, internal uh, psychological challenges with it. Different people reacted to the pandemic and the restrictions in a variety of different ways. And so stress hit us all slightly differently. Your body's response to those stressors, what we dub stress, is the same regardless of whichever stressor you experience. Be it psychological, internal, external, doesn't matter. Your body goes through the same physiological process. It might go through it more or more intensely for something that's a really intense stressor. But regardless, whether you have a deadline, homework that is due right away and you haven't worked on it yet, or you've got a saber-toothed tiger chasing you, you're going to go through the same physiological responses. So physiologically, here's what happens. The response to stressful stimuli is managed by the sympathetic nervous system. If you've listened to my podcasts on overwhelm or burnout, I've talked about this before, but just to remind you, the sympathetic nervous system is that network of nerves that helps your body activate its response to risks or necessary action. So you have a bundle of nerves that go down from your brain down to about your gut. This system's activity increases when you're stressed, 
when you're in danger, physically or physically active. And you're going to understand why when I talk about this in a, in a second, about what actually physically happens, physiologically happens in your body. So your brain is constantly scanning all stimuli, everything that you see, hear, feel and do and think to assess for risk or reward. Your brain is wired to want to go towards reward and stay away from risk. This is how we survive. If it feels that a risk is occurring, and if it's certainly a dangerous risk, the sympathetic nervous system kicks in with what we now call the fight or flight response. When that fight or flight response goes in, this triggers your brain to release certain neurochemicals. And the most uh, obvious ones, the most famous ones really are acetylcholine and epinephrine, which is also adrenaline. But there's bits of dopamine here or there too, in, in very minute fa uh, quantities, uh, to engage parts of your body to deal with the stressor. What they do is they turn on, uh, intensify certain parts and systems in your body, and they turn off or really turn down other systems in your body. I'm giving you an example. Acetylcholine is, is released. It's used in your brain for focus, but it's also used by neurons to move your muscles. Anytime actually that you move a muscle, you use acetylcholine. But in this particular case, it's, it's dumped into your brain so that you can focus on getting away from the danger and that you are you move towards action. Your, your muscles are, your brain is saying, hey, we need to act, we need to move. This, by the way, if, we, if you're stressed and you feel twitchy, this is why, because you've got, you've got these neurochemicals that are telling your body to move and your muscles need to do something to act. The brain also releases epinephrine, also known as adrenaline, to turn on some of those other, some of those organs we talked about and turn down some of them. These are the things that, you know, when it, when it wants to activate certain systems, it does things like make your heart pump faster, your blood vessels get larger so they can pump more blood, glucose is released so you have more energy, etc. At the same time, epinephrine uh, is activating, at the same time it's activating certain organs and systems, it's also deactivating some. So for instance, your digestive system, you don't really need that to run from a saber-toothed tiger. So your digestion is actually turned way down, sort of turned off by your body. This is why you might feel a gurgly tummy or you might feel like you're not hungry when you're stressed. Uh, other things are like your reproduction, um, your salivation, so your salivatory glands um, that, that, that uh, you know, create your mucus in your mouth. That is turned down, turned off so that when you're, uh, when you're feeling stressed, um, it doesn't produce that. It's taking your energy for doing that and putting it to other parts of your body, but that's why you feel like you have dry mouth when you're stressed. Interestingly enough, one of, the, one of the things that your body does is it also wants you to talk when you're stressed. It wants you to move and it wants you to vocalize. Some scientists have pondered that maybe this is because you need to warn everybody else about the danger, but you have a desire to move and you have a desire to talk. And you have a desire to talk very fast, which is why some people feel like they kind of stumble and they trip over their words when they're nervous. It's because your brain is telling you, talk, 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 move, 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 act, get away from the danger. All right, so, so when those neurochemicals are released, um, they attach to certain receptors in parts of your brain that get you to quicken your heart rate. Uh, it changes the optics uh, of your eyes so that you can focus very, very specifically. Uh, it gives you that extra energy in your system. It reduces that, that glucose. Uh, there's parts of your brain that deal with cognitive, particularly in, their, in your prefrontal cortex. So it's the sharpening of your cognition. You're able to focus more, you're able to concentrate, and you're able to think very clearly. Uh, basically, all of that, to summarize it, your body and, and brain are primed for three basic things. Combating infection, making a focused decision to move forward, and to take action. So the combating infection, I'll talk about this a little bit more, but basically your body wants to protect itself while it's in fight or flight. 
So it releases a bunch of things into your system to allow you to fight any viruses that you have. Uh, making that focused decision to move forward, that's that, you know, being able to focus, being able to concentrate. You've got uh, basically the, the, the three neurochemicals that are being released to do most of the action. Those are the three neurochemicals you need to focus and concentrate on something. So you can be very specific and clear-headed while you're trying to get away from the danger that you have. And the take action, that's how your muscles are being primed to move. You're being told, I need to move now. You've got extra, extra adrenaline endorphins coursing through your body telling you to get out of danger. Okay, before we get into how to leverage stress to your advantage, I just want to summarize some of the principles that we've covered today. Number one, your brain and body do not differentiate on the type of stressor. This is super important to understand. It doesn't matter if it's a saber-toothed tiger or impending homework. It's going to react the same every single time. Number two, stress is a natural response. It is not because of something that you do poorly or do well, it just happens naturally. Number three, it's a response that you cannot nor do you want to shut down or stop. That's just natural again. Number four, there's three kinds of stress, short-term, medium-term, long-term, if you think about it that way. There's way more benefits for short, in, in using short-term. There's a few benefits for medium-term. There's really no benefit to the body that scientists can find at all for long-term chronic stress. Number five, remember when stress happens, it activates certain systems every single time and it deactivates others. Now remember too that it, it, in, in really stressful situations, it'll activate those much more intensely and deactivate some much more intensely, but it still does the same thing every single time. Number six, there's really no positive or negative stress from that perspective, from the, from the brain and body's perspective. It just is what it is. It's only how you interpret it with your own mindset in terms of whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, in, numbers, in number seven, related to what we've just talked about, we know from recent experience that your mindset on something, be it positive, negative, healthy, etc., is naturally set, but you can change it. We also know that you can change your mindset that how you think about something can alter your feelings, your emotional response to that thing. It can, uh, it can alter how your brain is structured, so the neural pathways can be restructured. And there's actually physiological reactions that can change as well. So your mindset can be very powerful about something. All right, now given all of that, let's jump to the, to the meat of the matter, how to make stress work for you. So we're going to focus here on, on short-term stress. So short-term stress is the acute immediate stress. This is the kind of stress that you can use to your, to your benefit more so than the others. To understand it, I want you to, again, I want you to, to differentiate between the stressor and the stress reaction. We're gonna focus on the stress reaction. And what you can do is take advantage of that stress reaction given certain things that you want to accomplish. And so just to remind you again that that physiological reaction, you've got the quickening of the heart rate, you've got more blood pumping through, you've got changing in the optics of the eye, you can focus better visually, but you can also focus, focus in your mind. You've got focus, concentration, better cognitive capabilities because of the stress reaction. You have extra energy in your system because of, of accessing glucose, but you have endorphins and adrenaline running through as well. And uh, you've got that immunity response. So again, your brain in, in that stress reaction, your brain and body are primed for combating infection, infection making focused decisions to move forward and taking action. So given that, here's the four ways that I'm gonna suggest. Yeah, there's a fifth way too. I think it's kind of cheap, but I wanna mention it anyways. There's four ways that you can use short-term stress. Number one, you can enact your immune system. So 
when, when the stress hits, it's good for your immune system. We know that short-term short stress causes a massive mobilization of several key types of, of immune cells into the bloodstream and then on to destinations within your body, including the skin and, and, and other tissues. This large-scale migration of immune cells takes place as quickly as a span of, of a couple minutes over a couple of hours. And it's, it's kind of like uh, you know, mustering the troops to a crisis. In response to a stress-inducing event, there's a pattern of carefully choreographed changes in blood levels of three hormones, along with the movement of different subsets of immune cells uh, from things like your spleen, your bone marrow, into the blood, into those frontline organs. And you know, this makes sense if you think about it because it benefits us when pathogen-fighting immune cells are in positions of readiness uh, in case there's, you know, you're at high risk for damage and consequent infection. If you're running from that saber-toothed tiger through the jungle, yeah, you're going to want immune cells for when you get scratched and broken down. Research are, researchers are actually looking into how do you administer low doses of stress hormones or drugs that mimic or antagonize them in order to optimize a, parent, a patient's immune readiness for procedures such as surgery or vaccination, believe it or not. Now, the neuroscientist uh, that I learned this from actually uses this to his advantage. He actually will, uh, in, he will actually create a short-term stress response. If he's feeling down, if he's feeling like he might be catching, if he's got a cough, might be feeling cold, he actually activates a short-term stress response so he can get that immunity going. And we'll talk about how in a, in, in a few minutes. Side note, this is why you'll often actually get sick when you go on vacation. If you're leading up to a vacation, if you're working really hard and you're focusing a lot, You'll probably have your sympathetic nervous system going. You're, you're, as you're concentrating, you're feeling stressed. As soon as you start to relax, you flip from your, your sympathetic nervous system to your parasympathetic system. Your parasympathetic system is that part of your central nervous system that allows you to relax, to, to breathe, uh, to, you know, relaxes your mu muscles, you breathe deeper, your heart rate slows down. It negates the, the impact of the sympathetic nervous system but your immunity levels go way down as well. So while you've been working really hard, you've got high immunity to things, and then you start to relax and your immunity goes way down and then you catch a cold. So that was the first one, you wanna enact your, your system. Number two, use it to get focused and productive. So you can deliberately cause an acute stress response to help you focus and concentrate and get a ton of work done uh, and, and achieve those goals you want. This is really what people do actually when they procrastinate, this is exactly what they do. So acute stress causes that that release of those neurochemicals, if you remember, to uh, that allows you to uh, focus. It allows you to be alert. It allows you to focus. It allows you to concentrate, and it allows you to to think at a uh, very very minute level from a cognitive functioning perspective. Um, so you can use that. Uh, you can use that to your advantage and think. Okay, if I really have this a lot of work to do, I'm gonna I'm gonna cause this to happen so that I've got. I've got the energy, I've got the focus and the concentration to do the work that I want to get done. Uh, number three, you can use it to motivate yourself. So this is very powerful. Uh, some of you, if you've listened to my podcast on motivation, you'll be able to quickly connect the dots here. You can leverage some of the same chemical reactions I've just talked about and how you feel to help you get motivated. So the whole point of the fight or flight response is to provide your brain and body the things you need to get motivated to act. For instance, you've got neurochemicals that help you get focused on something. I just talked about that. Focus and concentrate. That you need that for motivation. You need to be motivated to do something, something very specific. 
the stress response also neurochemicals get you to move to act and get things done again remember that's that's an ingredient for motivation motivation is the release of dopamine after you've done something as you're working towards a goal and you actually already have dopamine in your system when you are with the stress response it's used in very minute fashions but it is in your system more so than when you're not uh, when you're not in the the fight or flight mode it's interesting an added aspect for motivation is that if you're stressed and you did not act on it before but you act on it now and you weren't expecting to then you will actually and if you achieve something towards your goals because you're feeling stressed you will actually get even more of a dopamine kick because if you recall from my motivation podcast you get more dopamine into your system, you feel more motivated when you get more than you expect to get done. So say if you've been putting off studying for that exam, you put it off, you put it off, and then you just finally, just without having planned it, fine, I'm gonna get this done. You focus, you concentrate, you get it done. As you realize, oh my God, goodness, I'm getting through all this work. I'm actually, I'm actually gonna complete my studies. I'm gonna get this done on time. You'll, get, uh, you'll actually get that dopamine kick because you hadn't expected to do so and you're doing so and so you're therefore motivated to keep going. Number four, uh, you can use that short-term stress response to more more easily take on tough physical work. That acute stress response provides you with the the neurochemicals, right, for moving, feeling stronger, more energy. That's the whole point of it is to get you to act. Your muscles are, are ready to move. You've got adrenaline in your system. The other aspect that I don't think I've mentioned it yet about the whole stress response is the neurochemicals in your in your system, it desensitizes us to pain. So you can actually use these things to make it easier to achieve hard, heavy physical labor. I actually put this to use this morning when doing a workout in CrossFit. I purposely did a little bit of a hyper, hyperventilation to give my body short-term uh, acute stress response to allow me to be able to lift heavier and, and achieve a PR in what I was doing. And number five, this isn't really something that you can necessarily plan to do, but I actually use this on a regular basis. If I, and it's basically that use the stress response to recognize that you need to take action and do something. So when I realize that I am acting in a stressed way and I don't know why, if I feel like there's a stress reaction, I stop and think, why is that? Why am I feeling stressed about? What am I feeling stressed about? And what do I need to do to be able to address that? So you can use that to your advantage when you feel that. All right, so those are the four, really five ways uh, that you can use short-term stress to your advantage. The first one, remember, is to enact your immune system so that you can fight off viruses and improve your immunity. Uh, Number two, you can use it to get focused and productive and get your work done. Number three, you can use it to motivate yourself. Number four, you can use it to more easily take on tough physical work. It's also great for endurance running, things like that. You can actually run very, very well uh, if you uh, enact that short-term stress response. Uh, And then number five, use it to recognize that you need to take action. Okay, so how do you actually do this? So there's three ways that you can can do this readily. The first one, again, it's kind of like number five. It's basically you take advantage of it when it happens organically or naturally. So if you're putting off studying for the exam, you're watching Netflix, you're just chilling, but that stress is building up. When you realize it's built up, take advantage of it, go with it, let, let, the, let the stress run through your body, recognize what is happening, and then use it from uh, the physiological reactions to help you out to, do, to complete your studies or whatever it is that you're being stressed about. Number two, this is the one that, that is used most often, is you can use breathing techniques to help you kickstart that 
that acute short-term stress response. There are a variety of different labels for it, super oxygenated breathing, uh, tumo breathing, Wim Hof breathing, a variety of ways for it. But basically it's rapid, uh, deliberate breathing, deliberate hyperventilation for about 25 cycles. So if you sort of breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth very quickly, 15, 20, 25 times, if you do that, that basically helps to, to get it going. And what happens is it's the rapid moving of the diaphragm from all of that rapid breathing releases adrenaline into the system. And when adrenaline is released, it mimics the acute, uh, the acute immediate stress response, which just sets in stage the process of everything that we've talked about. So if it's in response to, if you wanna do this to say, uh, fight off a cold or infection or whatever, you do this rapid breathing, you do this a couple of times, you will get an immediate, within a couple of minutes, you'll get an immediate response and it can last uh, for several hours. So again, you could do some rapid breathing all in a row. I'm not gonna tell you how to do that on this particular podcast, it would take too long, but if you find out about Wim Hof breathing, TUMO, or rapid, oxygeniz- rapid oxygenization of the, of the bloodstream, uh, that's the thing that you're looking for and that will, that will instill it and you can do that yourself within a couple of minutes. The third way is the way that people look at me like I'm completely crazy when I talk about this, but I have also used this. You can use cold water immersion to do this too. So yes, an ice bath, but you can also do an ice shower or a cold shower. If you have like a regular shower at the end of the shower, if you turn it to be very cold and very cold is subjective. So the, the best advice I've, I've seen from this is, uh, is the recommendation. It's the kind of cold that makes you sort of breathe in as if you've just been hit by something extremely stressful. And so what happens is, again, that gets adrenaline pumping through. That is an immediate reaction of your stress response. uh, And it leaves you with the benefits of stress for the next couple of hours. What I love about the idea of a cold shower is if you do this first thing in the morning, you can actually stack it on top of the fact that within an hour or two of you waking up, naturally your neurochemicals in your brain are set for you to be able to focus and be productive and work hard anyways. We are most productive and we work uh, we, we have the best focus and concentration and cognitive capabilities somewhere between when we wake up to about 10 or 11 in the morning. So if you, if you take a shower first thing in the morning and you make it a cold shower too, you can actually get extra added benefit on top of that. Okay, so those are three ways. Number one, you can take, a, take advantage of it naturally when it occurs, and I do this all the time. Most of us feel stress at least several times in a day, if not all day. So take advantage of it if it's there. Number two, use breathing. Number three, use cold water immersion. All of those will have the same sort of effect. Okay, now, just before I finish, I just wanna, I wanna talk about, well, how do you turn it off? And so, say if you've turned it on to do that, you don't want, you don't want stress to stay on forever. That, that, that leads to chronic stress, which does lead to all kinds of negative consequences, all those negative things that we've heard about. So to deliberately turn it down or turn it off, means moving from your sympathetic system to your parasympathetic system. And again, there's a couple of of interesting easy hacks for this. The first one is breathing. So actually the first two are breathing. There's two different kinds of of way that you can do it. There's something called the physiological sigh. That's where you take two sharp intakes and then one long exhale that's longer than the short intakes. And neuroscientists, obviously, they keep looking all the time to find are there ways that we can sort of hack our brains to, to reduce stress. And from the research that I've looked at, there is a, a particular neuroscientist from Stanford. 
his his lab is constantly looking at fear and stress and this is the best quick hack if you will that that they have found over many many years in terms of how to deal with stress so that's the physiological side two quick breaths followed by that long breath that long exhale and you do that two or three times that will flip your brain from the para, from the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic nervous system and you'll start to relax the other ways you can just do long slow breathing you can do some sort of breathing as long as you're exhaling more than you're inhaling that will slow your heart rate down that will change all of your different body systems that we talked about and start to turn off the stress so those are really the first two the physiological sigh long slow breathing out that is longer than the intake and the third way is interesting if you do if you, if you do a, an unfocused gaze about at least 20 feet to the horizon out from you for 20 seconds or longer that will also flip your brain over to the parasympathetic system so an unfocused gaze about 20 feet away for 20 seconds this is the 20-20-20 rule actually every 20 minutes of of focused work you should take a break to do at least 20 seconds of gazing unfocused for 20 feet or more and again that kickstarts your brain into the parasympathetic system okay that's everything i wanted to touch on today so i talked about what were the uh the the physiological reactions to stress what is stress what is happening in our body we have that long list of principles sort of dispelling some of the myths we talked about the four or five ways that uh short-term stress can be used to your advantage give you the, the three very specific tools that you could use to do that and then we've just talked about your short-term stress response how you can turn it off all right thank you everybody for listening to today's podcast my goal as always is to help as many people as possible learn how to improve and achieve higher performance for themselves or teams or organizations. So if you like what you heard, I invite you to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe to it at invictus.coach forward slash register, where you can get regular updates on how we're using neuroscience and high performance skills, tools, and approaches to help people, the teams, and organizations reach their peak performance. And if you do so now, you'll receive a free copy of my ebook, The Number One Thing You Can Do to Overcome Overwhelm. In that document, I give you a brief overview of the neuroscience of what happens in your brain and body when you are overwhelmed. I lay out the most important intervention you can start to take right now, right here, to address your overwhelm. And I don't think I'm giving anything away when I say that it's related very closely to some of the things that we've just talked about today. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to reach out if you have any questions or comments. We'll talk to you next week.